just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 70 of the Debbie Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton. Today is Monday, April 19th. So glad to be back. It has been too long. I am from Egan, Minnesota. Loving life here. We're all getting excited for the draft. But of course, we're not here to talk about the draft. You've got about 2,084 other podcasts you can listen to for that information. Instead, we're talking about Debbie and we're talking about C2C guys. We're talking about the SEC West. And by we, I got to introduce from North Carolina, my co-host, I call him Obi-Wan, Matthew Jackson, buddy. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm coming off the, the high of, of last week. Had a lot of a lot of good news last week coming out for me. Um, got to watch a ton of spring games. So last week was a real good week. I, I appreciate. You know, I got word that you had sent out the uh, the dogs for me um, last week, and you know, I know you you thought I'd gone missing. So I, I appreciate you uh, being all hands on deck trying to find me. That's that's much appreciated. I thought I, I thought I was dead there for a second. I didn't know where I was. Dude, our schedules have been so messed up. It, it's been crazy. It, it's never good when we're talking before we hit record, and one of us inevitably asks, when was the last time we recorded? It, that is not a good sign, but it's it's great to be back. So I'm going to throw in a quick little pop quiz for you because I just thought of this. Why is today, and today, of course, again, Monday, April 19th, why is today an important day in the fantasy community? Because the Debbie Happy Hour pod is back recording. I don't, I don't know. Why is today an important day? <laughs> I love your answer. I love where your head is at. Today is an important day because the invites for the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl 11, started going out today. All of a sudden, the Twitter feed is full of people posting the pictures of the email. They're all excited to get that. I get excited for them. I've been fortunate enough to be in, in three consecutive Scott Fish Bowls. I think you've been in at least one or two, two, right? So um, for those of you not aware, it's it's a great, you know, awareness for charity event that Scott Fish puts out also from Egan, Minnesota, for those of you who aren't aware. So we, we both hail from Egan. And it's just an, a great opportunity to get, you know, the Debbie community, the dynasty community or fantasy community, whatever you want to call it, everybody gets together. You got analysts, you've got podcasters, writers, and then of course fans. And we all play in this massive fantasy football league and whoever is fortunate enough to be named champion at the end can have those boasting rights for basically the rest of their life. So 
it's exciting that's going out. I'm not expecting an invite because I never do, but if I get that, I'm going to be just as excited as everyone else. So hopefully that comes. It takes a long time for him to send those invites, but it's pretty cool. Uh, let's get into the news. Your your guy, Ohio State, has a wide receiver, G. Scott Jr., who is switching to tight end. Now, this is not – it's not totally surprising in that he's he's not going to play wide receiver for Ohio State, in my opinion, only because the absurd amount of talent that Ohio State has at wide receiver makes it where something has to give, right? We're all expecting somebody to transfer and so I guess that's what we were looking for. But instead, he's switching to tight end, which is interesting. What do you think about G. Scott Jr. making this move? I think this is a good move for him. I mean, he, he's he's already a rather large individual, you know, coming in at 6'3", 210 pounds. So, I mean, put on a little more weight, he's got that tight end body. Um, fantastic hands. He runs really solid routes. So, I mean, hopefully he can succeed at tight end. You know, we, we were talking about it pre-show. And, I mean, this is something almost he had to do. Somebody had to switch positions or somebody had to transfer because – I mean, just the absurd amount of talent in that wide receiver room. I mean, you're talking about Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson coming back. I mean, you've got the top duo in all of college football coming back. Um, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I'm looking to have a breakout season. Um, he got a lot of run in the spring game on Saturday. And then somebody that I think is going to really impact um, that fourth spot is incoming freshman, Emeka uh, Egbuka. Um, if there's one guy that I think is on the outs, um, it's probably, I mean, if G. Scott doesn't transfer, it's G. Scott. But, I mean, now that he's playing tight end, I mean, if there's one guy that I think that is going to be on the outs of all this, I mean, I'm looking at Julian Fleming um, as the guy that, that. that – I know you just drafted him, so I know, I know I'm hurting you a little bit. But, man, I'm telling you, Mika Egbuka looks good. And, I mean, I think just from what I saw, he, he looks more a technically sound route runner than or and technically sound wide receiver than Julian Fleming was at this point in his career. Yeah, that is interesting, and I'm, I'm hearing really good things, you know, from other sources as well. So, you know, this is consistent stuff that I'm hearing. I, I also hear that that Julian Fleming's dealing with an injury, so I don't think people should panic on him. I mean, he was a five-star recruit a season ago, so he's got a ton of talent. So you don't you don't give up on him yet, but definitely want to see him, you know, do something more than that. I believe he had what seven catches last year. So it's, it's a crowded room. Chris Olave did not help by coming back. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Of course, we're not going to break down Ohio state today, but I thought it was worth mentioning. You said, you know, you know, I drafted uh, Julian Fleming. I got him in the third round of a C to C startup. I just wanted to talk about that really quick because Last week, we were talking about Arkansas and how much we liked Traylon Burks. And I'm sitting with the 10th pick in the first round. And the first nine picks, and it's a it's a two-quarterback, you know, tight end premium league. First nine picks are what exactly what I thought they were going to be. Not in the order that I was expecting, you know, precisely. But it was the nine players, four quarterbacks. You know, you had Rattler, Uweongolele. Howell and Bryce Young. So those are the top four quarterbacks. And then, in my opinion, the top five running backs, you know, very chalky, Bijan, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Jameer Gibbs, and Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I think you've heard of that guy. Um, I was going to bring it up if you didn't say his name. I was going to ask you to take Bigsby out drafted. I was going to sneak it in there real quick. <laughs> I shouldn't have said his name. I should have seen if we can get the whole bot podcast without bringing up Tank Bigsby. But then I, I couldn't do it with, without setting this up. So I'm sitting there at, at the 110. I've got every 
wide receiver to choose from. And and I know I'm going wide receiver because I want the best wide receiver. And you know, we talked about last time we had our, our basically our tier one of the four guys, you know, and and who am I gonna pick? And I have to admit to you, because I know this he's not your number one guy. I know who your number one guy is. I believe Garrett Wilson, right, from from your Buckeyes. I passed on him. I took Traylon Burks. So I put my money where my mouth is, and I just I wanted Traylon Burks. I just love this guy the more that I that I watch him and the more that I that I get into just his style of play. And here's the other interesting thing. You know, after that, the next wide receiver taken was Justin Ross. So that was a little bit of a surprise. David Bell went, not really surprised. So then I'm back up at the 203. I could still get Garrett Wilson. And this is a C2C league. And so I decided to go with Keishon Butte. Butte. And it may be a little bit of a risk, but I just, I didn't have any Butte. I thought, you know what? I'm going with him. So I wanted to get your quick take on, on my passing on Garrett Wilson, not once, but twice. So, so I mean, I, I can understand the second time because, you know, every every man has got to get himself some booty. So uh, I, 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 <laughs> yes. I, I, commend, I commend you on that. Um, I don't I don't hate the Traylon Burks pick. I mean, it, if somebody has Traylon Burks as their wide receiver one, I'm not going to argue it. I mean, th- those top three guys for me, between Burks, Wilson, and um, David Bell, I mean, any order that you put them in, like I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Um, some guys have pickings, number one. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, those top three guys, any order you put them in, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I love what Burks does. I love his big play physicality, his downfield receiving threat. Um, I I think he's a great pick. If I could get more Traylon Burks, I would because I don't have a single share of them. So I, I can't say that if I'm in your position, I don't pass up on one more share of Garrett Wilson because I already have a ton of him um, to get a share of Traylon Burks. I don't, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy about it. And then – in another league, I was able to acquire another share of Traylon Burks. I randomly threw out in our, our league chat that if anyone's interested in Jalen Rager, he's on the on the trade block, you know, and just kind of just kind of see what people might be willing to offer for him. I, I wasn't I'm not all out on, on Jalen Rager yet, but you know, he, he didn't do anything really his, his rookie season and I just thought, you know what? He, he still has some value. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw him out there and see, see what I can get. And I had a guy, you know, actually had a few guys, you know, immediately, in, you know, show some interest. And one guy said, "Hey, you know, what do you want?" And I looked at his roster and I said, "Well, are you willing to trade Traylon Burks? Because he had just picked him up in our Devi draft." He goes, "Oh, I'll need a little bit more." He goes, you know, what What about Anthony Ferkser? This is a two-tight end league, and Ferkser, of course, is the tight end that's now remaining in Tennessee. So I think that that his value is increasing, and that was a, a snap offer for me. It's like, yeah, let's do it. And it it just came together really quickly. So just like that, I got another share of Traylon Burks. How do you, how do you like that trade? I, lo- I love that trade. I was looking at it before we started the show, and I was really hoping you were on the Traylon Burks side because – I was about to crucify the uh, the Jalen Rager side, <laughs> so I'm glad you're on that side. I love that. I mean, for me, that's I mean, Ferkser, he he's his value is increasing some, but for me, that's that's almost Jalen Rager for Traylon Burke straight up. And I, I I remember very vividly um before the rookie draft last year coming on this pod and going to battle with with Brian Chikochis over me not thinking Jalen Rager is going to be a decent NFL wide receiver. Um, I called him the the second coming of Nelson Aguilar, and I got some heat on that. Um, it 
I, I like I like my position now. A year later, I mean, he didn't do anything his rookie year. He had some some pretty crucial drops in that season. Things that I noted on his film, and I, I mean, I'm I'm not too excited about Jalen Rager. I wasn't when we drafted him. So I love getting Traylon Burks there. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna like that. Hopefully that that works out the way I want. You never know though. These Debbie trades, these guys can can go up and down really quickly. Um, another trade in that same league. A guy gave up AJ Dillon and the rookie 109. So that's a Debbie depleted, you know, 109 for Rashad Bateman. And interesting trade because, of course, AJ Dillon immediately lost value once Jones re-signed with the Packers. I think I think I favor the the Bateman side on this, but I was curious where are you at Bateman. You know, some talk about end of first round, but you know, probably will fall into round two. What side do you like there? I like the Bateman side at, at, at first glance. Um, it, it's hard for me to to evaluate that trade um, without seeing who's on the Debbie rosters right now. Because, I mean, it, Debbie, Debbie depleted is never really a thing for me. I mean, yes, there's guys that are on Debbie rosters. I don't ever buy into the whole Debbie depleted side and, and the loss of value in rookie picks. Cause I mean, you always find guys. I mean, every single year you got your Baker Mayfields, you have your Kyler Murray's, you have your Joe Burrows, your Javante Williams that are sitting and, and not picked up. I mean, your Zach Wilson's this year that aren't on a roster. And I mean, those guys are top of the first, if not one-on-one and, and rookie drafts every single year. So, I mean, I, I don't buy into the whole Debbie depleted, value all that much um i mean i'm looking at, at one i mean just just a draft i did this all season 1.09 the same pick that we're talking about right now i got travion henderson the incoming freshman for ohio state so i mean when, when you're looking when you're looking at the debbie depleted i mean it's really hard to tell without seeing who's on a roster first i mean i'm gonna lean bateman but i mean i can't fault a guy i mean if he sees who's on a roster and sees who's not on a roster i can see somebody taking that 109 pick yeah, well, let let me clarify too. This is the rookie one hundred and nine, so it's not Debbie. So not Parks, Debbie, the, not Debbie. The rookie okay. draft. So you're talking, but there's still some good players, you know. And this is, I think, this is worthwhile to bring up because people that that are new to Debbie, they're gonna think that those those rookie picks, you know, aren't as good. And of course, they're they're not right. You're not gonna have every incoming incoming rookie, but. They're still good players. I mean, we're talking, you know, here's just a list of names that I have randomly written down that are they're going to go at the top of the draft. You know, Javante Williams, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Elijah Moore. You've got you know, Diami Brown, Michael Carter, Kadarius Toney, Hunter Long, you know, Trey I'm sure, Sermon. I'm, I'm sure Terrace okay. Marshall's not on a roster, is he? Is Terrace Marshall rostered? Terrace Marshall is on is on a roster already. Okay. So he he's taken. But Jamar Jefferson, Ramon J. Stevenson. So you know, there, there's a guy in there that you're talking could be, you know, a good player. And, and these are just some of the names that I've randomly written down, but just wanted to bring that one up. And, and I think that helps people understand, you know, don't just throw away your first round picks in, in a rookie draft, just because you're in a Debbie league and you think it's, Oh, it's Debbie depleted. It's not going to be any good guys always slip through. I mean, the, the year before I want to say our top picks were all, guys from LSU and you know you had you know Justin Jefferson you had you know Burrow and you had you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire boom 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 that were the first three players taken in the rookie draft because none of them got taken in the Debbie draft the year before so 
and, and, and buy in, buy into that too. I mean, if if you're in a league where people don't value these rookie picks, buy into it and buy them low. Because I mean, every single year, guys slip through the cracks. I mean, it's I I I never buy. I mean, this is just me. I never buy into the the Debbie depleted side of a draft because yeah yeah the draft is a little depe- depleted. There's always people there. I mean, every single year you will always find somebody there. I mean, take that to the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of LSU, that's the first team we're going to talk about coming out of the SEC West. We've got Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, and and Eric Gilbert are all names of guys that are no longer on the team. Of course, Chase took the 2020 season off after having a phenomenal 2019. Terrence Marshall, Terrace Marshall Jr. It's Jr., right? I got that right? It is Jr., yeah. He is going pro, and there are people that believe he could be a first-round pick. So he's right into that really big group of wide receivers that could go end of first round or early day two. And then Eric Gilbert entered the transfer portal. We thought he was going to Florida. Now he's left Florida, and we have no idea where he's going. So makes me a little nervous about a guy like that. But anyway, we, we're not going to talk about them, but those are just some of the key losses. Lots of targets available. So let's get into... Who should people be looking for on their Debbie teams? You've got a couple of quarterbacks, Miles Brennan and Max Johnson. Which guy do you prefer out of those two? Who do you think is the guy to own in, in Debbie or even a, a C2C league? Um, right now, from what I'm seeing, Miles Brennan looks like he's going to be the guy. Um, when, whenever Max Johnson came out, first half, he, he started off a little slow. Um, his completion percentage was down. He was miss, He was missing guys. Um he came back and, and and finished and finished stronger than he started, but I mean Brennan had a solid command of the offense. I mean threw a beautiful um, deep ball to Kayshawn Butte um, for a touchdown in that spring game. Um, he looks good. If he if he has recovered from that injury um, that he suffered last year, I mean he he was the starter last year um, before going down for that anyway. So I mean for for me, Miles Brennan looks to be the guy. So if if I'm taking a bet on somebody, it's probably him. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really high on either one of these guys. However, I believe, um, I believe Max Johnson is actually getting the the higher ADP. At least I'm pretty sure he went earlier in the, in the draft. I just completed. I don't have it up in front of me, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Brennan actually wins that job, then and yeah, for sure. He's the guy to own because usually LSU has a pretty potent passing attack. So you want to want to have a piece of that for sure. Let's get into the running backs before we finish off with the, the passing guys. A glut of running backs to choose from. Not really sure, you know, what they're going to do here. Maybe you have some insight you can provide. We've got John Emery Jr. and Tyreon Davis-Price, both 2022 eligible. Trey Bradford, 2023 draft eligible. And then a couple of incoming freshmen, Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin. Which of these guys from a, a Debbie perspective do you like best? Um, from a Debbie perspective, I mean this this group is going to be a, a by committee approach. I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain of that. I think I, if I'm taking a guy, I believe that Tyrion Davis Price is going to be the guy that leads that backfield. Um, when you look at his stats last year, he was the most efficient back on that roster. It wasn't John Emery, and John Emery's getting the higher ADP. Um, it was Tyrion Davis Price. Um, I liked his efficiency. I liked his 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 ability to run the ball. He's getting the first team reps, so it looks like he's going to be the guy. If there's a guy though that I'm picking for like late round Devi, late round C to C sort of situation though, I really like what I've seen out of Armani Goodwin. I mean, he he's got 
he's got power to him. He, I mean, he he gets low. He lowers his pads. He's got a good amount of, of sidestep and lateral agility to him. Great contact balance, and I mean, he 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 shows an athletic ability. I mean, his his film is littered with littered with more than one um, clip of him hurtling over guys in the open field, and he's got the speed to take it to the house. I think he ran like a an eleven second late 10 second 100 yard dash in high school. So I, I'm really interested in what I've seen out of Armani Goodwin's film. Yeah, I like that you brought those two guys up. Um, going into last year, I remember really, really liking Tyron Davis Price myself and thought he was the the better of the two backs between him and John Emery Jr. The, the more I watch Emory Jr., the more I do actually like him as well. And then I was very intrigued by, by Corey Kiner, the incoming freshman, and I think that the point that I'm trying to make now is that, you know, you picked out a couple of guys you like, I picked up a couple of guys that, that I like, and I don't dislike, you know, Goodwin either, or, or I, I already talked about Davis price. So the, the problem there is that I think what you let it off with in that it's a split backfield and that's just really tough to, to determine, you know, are, are any of these guys going to become, you know, legitimate prospects for the NFL, because that's really what we're looking for. I mean, you know, it's great what they do in college, but man, if they don't, they don't make it in the NFL, then they're not going to do any good on your, on your Debbie roster. So, you know, I, I've pretty much faded in, in my Debbie leagues. I faded LSU running backs. I'm just not, I'm not grabbing them. You know, obviously campus to Canton is a whole other ball game. I've got, got quite a few guys there, but yeah, it, it's tough to, tough to determine which guy to pick up. And I think a, a wait and see approach would make a lot of sense when it comes to the running backs. Now wide receivers, I think it's a little bit easier. Of course, we already talked about, you know, everybody needs to get some booty and Keishon booty did nothing short of awesome in his freshman season last year. I mean, he just totally looked the part. He was highly regarded coming in highly ranked. He's 2023 20, eligible. Well, then I, I picked out a couple of guys as freshmen coming in this season, so 2024 eligible, Chris Hilton and Deion Smith. Do either of those two guys strike your fancy? For, for me, Keyshawn Butte is obviously the one that I'm most interested in. I mean, and I'm not even talking about wide receivers here. I'm just talking about from a Debbie perspective for LSU as a whole. He's the one guy that if I can pick any guy to have on my roster, it's Keyshawn Butte. Um, I, just, I like what he does. Um that young breakout age, he looks to be the next great first-round LSU wide receiver that we see. Um, I haven't watched much of Hilton or Smith to, to be able to pick out which one I like better. I mean, for me, Keishon Bouti is the one that has his roster spot secured, and the rest of it is more of a prove-it basis. All right. Well, let me be the first, then, to plant my flag as they speak on a guy. I have fallen in early love with Chris Hilton. He is not a huge guy, right? About five eleven and a half, you know, one sixty nine. So he's got he's got some some weight to put on. But this kid is electric with the ball in his hands. I just I love everything I watch about this kid. His speed is obvious. The acceleration is really good. He can return punts. He's a, in my opinion, a high end yards after catch guy. He will get you yards after he gets you know the ball in his hands. Very good hands. He runs sharp routes. I mean, he he could end up being that that prototypical slot receiver, and I, I could see him absolutely excelling in that role if that's what they give him. But he was the one where watching the wide receivers in this class, 
I just kept going back to this kid. I'm like, man, I love him. So huge fan of Hilton. I already grabbed him in, in the one C to C league. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get, get more shares of him in my other leagues, but he's the one guy that I saw that, that really excited me, you know, from the, from the early tape. So I got my, my homework assignment then for the night is to go watch some Chris Hilton film. Exactly. And like last time when you told me about Raheem Sanders from Arkansas, I drafted him. Thank you, sir. I I owe you one there, big guy. That's It's always nice to have people you trust <laughs> helping you out. All right, the second team moving on, Ole Miss. Uh, their, their biggest loss really is wide receiver Elijah Moore. I talked earlier about that big group of wide receivers. Could be late first, uh, could be second round. He's another one of those guys. I've, I've seen a mock where he fell to the third round, which would surprise me, but I hope that mock actually turns out to be true because the team that got him the third round was my Minnesota Vikings, and I would love that. Um, but coming in this year, guys to to look for, not a, not a big list, but I think one of the ones I'm most intrigued by, and, and a guy that I, I grabbed in the C2C startup, was quarterback Matt Coral. Where are you on I'm, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to broaden this out a little bit to – quarterbacks in this class that aren't you know the top you know the top names at the, at the of the you know the big names at the top like you know we, we know who they are you know you got Rat, Rattler you've got you know Howell you've got Slovis but that next tier down like who's gonna step up and be a guy that that we're gonna want on Debbie rosters you know or you know who's gonna be that quarterback that is available in rookie drafts because nobody got him on the Debbie roster. Is Matt Coral potentially one of those guys? Man, you're you're setting me up to swing this one out of the park. I appreciate that. That <laughs> yeah, was that a Matt... long-winded question, man. I mean, I, I took a long <laughs> ways to get there. <laughs> I, was, I was like a 40-mile-an-hour fastball right there, right down the middle. <laughs> yeah, Matt Coral is definitely one of those guys. I mean, he's in that same tier of like George's D- JT Daniels. Um, kind of that that range of tiers. I mean, he's not your top guy, but he's a guy that's really interesting to watch. I mean, he throws one of the best deep balls in college football. I mean, he's right up there with Sam Howell, in my opinion, and, and just his deep ball placement, his accuracy. He, he's just fun to watch. Um, interesting note on him, he was second in the FBS behind J2 Daniels, who I just talked about, with 8.77 yards per play. So he's got he's got some ability to push the ball downfield. Um, so I, I really like that. I like his arm strength. I like his accuracy downfield. Um, he's got some mistakes to clean up. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he, he threw a few too many interceptions last year, and I mean, he was learning a new offense. So I mean, let, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on, on just on, on killing the kid on on making some mistakes. I mean, he's he's young. That's gonna happen. But I really like what I saw out of Matt Corral. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that, too. I mean, he, he completed over 70% of his passes. He had 29 touchdowns. Those are great numbers. 10.2 yards per attempt. And that's what you're getting to, you know, with the, with the earlier vote. He's he's willing to, to go downfield and, and make plays down the field, which is good. It's a two-on out of your fantasy quarterback. However, like you said, 14 interceptions needs to cut that in at least half, right? I mean, if he gets, you know, if he gets to 30-plus touchdowns and he's down around – you know, seven picks, then then fine. You got a four to one ratio, and that, that's a little more attractive in a quarterback. But yeah, he's he can move. I mean, he, he can scramble. So and he, and he throws pretty well on the run as well. Um, but but needs to needs to clean that up. So I agree. He's in that 
that list. Uh, at the running back position, we've got a couple of guys, Jerrion Ely and Snoop Connor, both 2022 eligible. Which of these guys, uh, if any, excites you from a Debbie perspective? I like the value that we're seeing on Jerrion Ely. I mean, coming into this offseason, his value was up there. He, w- he was pretty hard to get. And he had a, a down season compared to what a lot of people were expecting. But I, I still really like Jerrion Ely. I mean, his elusiveness in open field, his, I mean, his pass-catching ability. And, and I think next year, in, in the second year of this offense, he could really see some increased numbers. I mean, I, you can get him for cheap now, I mean, for next to nothing. I just traded for him in, in a C2C league a few months ago, and I forgot what I traded for him for. Um, I should have had it up in front of me, but, I mean, I got him super, super cheap. I mean, comparatively to what he was going for last season, I mean, he's a screaming value in this class of running backs. I mean, you've got your top two um, in Isaiah Spiller and Brees Hall, but after that, it's it's a who-knows approach. I mean, we're waiting for the next guy to step up and be that Javante Williams um, type value in this next in this next NFL draft. And Jerry Ineely can make a case for that. Um next season, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the value is there. I think people are kind of forgetting about it a little bit, but he, you know, he went three eleven. So at the end of the third round in my C to C startup, and I think that's really good value because there's a lot of running backs went before that. So you're talking down around, you know, maybe RB 15 ish. So definitely good value there. I think, you know, of the two that I mentioned, you know, Snoop Connor is just a guy, um, but, but Ely is, it's definitely one of those guys that could could step up and be be NFL draft worthy, you know, going into next year. And, and you know, like like you said, you've got the top two are, are pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. Who's going to be in that next group? Who's going to be the guy that steps up that we're not talking about as much now? But all of a sudden, it's the next Javante Williams, and oh yeah, he's he's one of the big three now, or you know maybe a couple other guys. So I think that 2022 running back class can get can definitely get deeper, especially if we get a more normal college season, you know, in in 2021. So glad you and that, brought that, that, that up. And that's the, that's the key too. I mean, these guys. I mean, we want to harp on some of these guys' performance last year, but I mean, we're play, we're playing in a shortened season. Um, tons of regulations. You never know if you're, you don't know if you're playing, you don't know if you're not playing. I mean, just a ton of different stuff going on and different environment. I mean, these kids are playing in empty stadiums. They've never done that before. Um, and so just a lot of stuff going on that, I mean, you, you can't look too much into what was the 2020 college football season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to blow it off completely, but but I think it, it, it's all good points. And, and, you know, if a guy has a down year in 2020, but then comes back and looks great in 2021, let's put some stock into that 2021. So the only other guy I've written down for Ole Miss is wide receiver Jonathan Bingo. And I will admit, I cannot get a good read on this guy. I don't know what to think of him. I'm hoping maybe you can, can fill in the gaps. Is this a, a wide receiver that people should be seriously considering uh, on their debut roster? I think so. I mean, you look at Ole Miss, and that they always seem to have this next man up mentality. I mean, you're you're looking at guys like AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Then it was Elijah Moore. Then last season, I mean, Jonathan Mingo really stepped up. I think he had like high fifties, early six sixties, sixty catches, something like that, for about seven hundred yards. I mean, he 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 really he he showed out last year. Um, he's got a big body. I mean, I, I love. I know you like you some big body receivers. 
So, I mean, I, you, you got to love that about him. He's like 6'2", um, 215 pounds. So, I mean, he's got the big plot, big play threat to him, big body. Um, I love his route running. He's he's a really crisp route runner. Um, he's got the big play potential. He's somebody that I'm really interested in. I think we need to be paying attention to. But, Skip, I'm, I'm going to throw a new name at you. I, I threw one at you last time we pod. So, so I'm going to try and keep the tradition rolling. I'm going to throw a new name at you that nobody's really talking about that talking about right now and that's wide receiver Dennis Jackson he he's on the shorter side at 5'10 247 listed him at 6'1 so he's somewhere between 5'2 and 6'1 I'm not really sure what his exact height is he's got some real legitimate speed to him I mean he's a take the top off the defense stretch the field type of guy and right now Ole Miss's wide receiver room is horribly injured I mean Jonathan Mingo got injured in the spring game their two wide receivers that are coming back on the roster are both fighting nagging injuries. One of the only wide receivers that are on the roster that has actually got some health to him is Dennis Jackson. So I, I really, I'm intrigued by the speed that this kid has and his ability to to have have that big play, deep threat potential. He's somebody that you need to be keeping your eye on. All right, I love it. I I knew you were going to bring up a name. Throw one in there for our listeners. That's why you're here. So I appreciate that. Dennis Jackson, a guy we all need to to look into. He's also 2022 eligible, for those of you that are wondering. So we'll see if he can step up and help fill the void left by Elijah Moore, who had such a phenomenal season in 2020. All right, moving on. Mississippi State, uh, big loss at running back, Kylan Hill, one of the guys that I'm I'm pretty high on. I think you know he's part of that huge group that could – you know, step up and maybe be a, a the RB four of this class, assuming the top three all do really well. But you know, we we don't know. Everyone's got a different opinion on who their RB four is, but I think he's one of the guys that's definitely in consideration. Quarterbacks, you got KJ Costello and Will Rogers. Do either one of these guys, you know, excite you from a Debbie perspective? Who do you think is going to be the guy this year? At least someone that that might step up and and you know, have a, a good enough season where people could start considering him, you know, for future NFL rosters. So, so from what I'm seeing, there there's a real QB battle going on between um, going on between not KJ Costello, but Will Rogers and Jack Abraham. Um, these two duked it out in, in the spring game uh, this Saturday. Um, Will Rogers completed 16 of his 27 attempts for 164 yards and one touchdown, but he did throw two interceptions. Um, late, late drive killer type things. So hopefully he cleans that up. Um, Jack Abraham w- was really impressive. He went 11 for 13, so high completion percentage, 121 yards and two touchdown passes. There's some other guys that are getting some reps, but from what it looks like, those are the two guys that, that we need to be paying attention to. Um, I'm not sure which one I like better. I mean, in, in limited film watching, they both just look like Jags to me. Um, okay. So, so... It, it, it's pick your poison, wait and see type approach for these guys for me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about any of them, but it, it, it is worth noting that there's a battle there and we want to know who's going to win. Of course, the, the stats could get interesting with, with that offensive style there. All right, filling in the hole from Kylan Hill leaving, got Jocavius Marks. He was a freshman last year, so he's 2023 eligible. How do you like Jocavius Marks? I've got him, you know, Farther down my list, um, not a huge guy, you know, 5'10", you know, maybe 190, a little bit, a little bit bigger, but, you know, not, not the strongest guy in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's, 
he's going to catch a lot of passes, you know, but I see him as more of a change of pace type guy. Where do you have him at? Yeah, same thing. And and for the record, I don't believe he needs to be that kind of back because they've got another running back on the roster by the name of Dylan Johnson who, who's got some size and power to him. So you know, like we talked about the committee approach going on with um, LSU, I think this is going to be a one-two punch for Mississippi State trying to fill that void left by Colin Hill. I think that Dylan Johnson is going to be that, that hard hitter, run the ball down your throat type of guy. And Marks, he's got some some burst, some wiggle to him. I think he's going to be your your change of pace, um, speed back. So look look for both of those two guys to kind of work together to to fill that hole left by Hill. So an interesting thing I noted: uh, Marks did catch sixty passes last season, which is a huge number. Of course, not a surprise in this scheme. We saw the same thing with Max Borgie, and if you remember the. The knock we had on Borgie was that he wasn't getting a lot of yards per catch and that he was just catching the ball and basically getting, you know, you know, five, six yards. Marks, 60 catches, 268 yards for a 4.5 average. I mean, that is a significantly low yards per catch. I don't care if you're playing running back or tight end. I mean, that that is noteworthy. So... That, that, that's call, that's calls for concern. I mean, we, we love our pass-catching backs, but when you get the ball in open space, you've got to be able to do something with it. I mean, and these same knocks that we had um, on Max Borgie, you know, we've got to have on Jaquavis Marks. I mean, I, I, I like pass-catching running backs as much as the next guy, and you've got to have them on your, on your fantasy football roster if you want to win a championship. I mean, you just, you got to have them. But if you're going to get a pass-catching running back – Give me the guy that's averaging, you know, eight to ten, if not more than ten yards ap- after the catch. I mean, give me the Jameer Gibbs <laughs> type of guys compared to the Jaquavis Marks. Yeah, and it it almost makes me wonder: is it is it a product of the scheme? Right? Is the scheme not setting these running backs up for success after they catch the ball because they're really not, you know, getting open? They're not in motion a lot. It's a lot of you know dump offs where they're you know, they're, they're facing the quarterback, so their back is to the, you know, the direction they want to go or something like that. Who knows, right? I mean, you have to watch a lot more. But that that just that was an alarming statistic for me. I was like, man, that is really bad. All right, the, the one wide receiver I have written down, and maybe you've got another uh, late-minute special for everyone, is Jaden Wally, uh, 2023 eligible. He seems to be a guy that's catching a lot of buzz going into this season. I – I like, you know, what other people are hearing. He was just a, a three-star, you know, athlete coming into the the last season. But I feel like people are really starting to take notice, probably because, again, he had a nice he had a nice freshman year. I mean, fifty-two catches, seven hundred and eighteen yards, and two touchdowns. So anytime you put up those kind of stats as a true freshman. That's gonna that's gonna start to to get people paying attention in just ten games played. Where are you at with Jaden Wally? Um, he was the one guy on that roster that I was interested in. I mean, nobody else really piques my curiosity. Um, I'm a little worried now though because he left his spring game. Um, he left Mississippi's spring spring game with a right leg injury. So, you know, you you, you don't like to see those leg injuries on on your playmaker type guys. So. I mean, it, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he comes back and rehabs from that leg injury. Um, 
because for for me, there's no one else on the roster that that I'm real interested in outside of Wally. All right, let's go on to our final team for today. We've got Texas A&M. Key losses there: quarterback Kellen Mond and wide receiver Jamon Osbon. Osbon. So there's a there's a hole at quarterback. I think everyone's expecting Haynes King to be the guy. He was a freshman last year. Where are you at with Haynes King? Um, Haynes King was always one that was interested, interesting to me whenever we we scouted these incoming freshmen last year. I mean, he he's got he's got the legs and the run, he provides the rushing upside, but he was a guy that never really um not intrigued us as a pass as a passer, but he he had some areas that he needed to work on and to grow as a pass as a passer of the football. So, um it is it is key to note that whenever um Whenever they were needed of a relief in the quarterback position, Haynes King was the guy that came in. So he looks to be the guy that's going to come in and, and be the starting quarterback. Um, for, for me, for me though, but they they did have a recruit um this cycle coming in, and I'm trying to remember what his name was. Eli Stowers out of Texas. He was the number four um rated, or he was the it was, he was a four star recruit, number seven rated at his position. So. He he's somebody that is also worth at least noting and paying attention to. Um, he could be somebody that maybe gets some run at, at the starting job. Um, fun note: his, his pro comparison is Desmond Ritter. His pro comparison is Desmond Ritter. So I mean that that's at least interesting for me. I guess. I think yeah. I think I think Haynes King is going to be the guy though that that leads this offense. Yeah, what do I you think, think? I think that's the guy that I'm, I'm going to look at as well. I, I just I just I, I think he's shown enough. You know, he was a, a dual threat. And you know he, he's he's a pretty accurate passer, so I I'm intrigued by him. I, I think I think everyone else is as well. I mean he went pretty high in the, the C to C draft, so like I like Hings King and, and the future that he has there. Of course for Devi, you know we're definitely going to wait and see on that guy. The the next one on the list, you know moving down to running backs, you know the, the big name of course is Isaiah Spiller. He's pretty much in everybody's top two of the 2022 class, so. Not a whole lot we need to to go into on Spiller, other than that this guy's a stud, and he's probably already taken in your Debbie drafts. But I don't see him dropping out of the top two. I mean, he's just he's just such a good all around running back. But then also Devin Achain was a, a freshman last year, decent decent freshman season. Uh, I'm very excited for L.J. Johnson uh, coming in as an incoming freshman this next year. He might not do much his his freshman season, of course, but assuming that Spiller goes pro, I don't know why he wouldn't. Then L.J. Johnson, you know, shouldn't be the guy to, to take the reins. Where do you see this this backfield, you know, shaping up after Spiller leaves? Yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, Isaiah Spiller was was going to be the guy that, that was going to come in, and he's got the lead back responsibilities and. That's not changing. I mean, Devin Dachain was was coming in, in in relief, and he looked good in relief. He averaged, I believe, what was it, eight yards per carry. So I mean, he looked he looked decent. Um, he looked like somebody that's at least worth paying attention to. I was going to ask you about L. J. Johnson when we got on this pod because he was a tough eval for me. I really liked his lat- his lateral agility and his ability to create in the op- create in between the tackles and the hole. But every time every highlight I watched. I couldn't tell if it was him doing this or the defense that he was playing was just horrible at tackling. <laughs> yeah, that that is always tough when you're watching high school film, but 
I love him. I mean, he's the he's the number three running back in, in this class. I mean, a verified four four two. So he's got some speed. And the notes that I took are, you know, he's just a quick one cut and go, and he can power through tackles. And then he's got that burst and that, that acceleration to the second level. And when you're when you're talking running backs, you know, you, you want to see them have, you know, the, the kind of size that they can they can power through tackles. You're going to break arm tackles, and they, you want that lateral quickness. But then the burst can they can they change direction and quickly change speed and accelerate to to get you know, more yards or quick yards or, or if the hole's there just for a, you know, a half a second, they burst through it enough to get that gain. And that's what I saw out of him. So I, I like LJ Johnson's future quite a bit. I mean, I, I did grab him in the, the C2C startup. So I put, put my money where the, my mouth is. And I think in Debbie leagues, you know, if you're, if your Debbie drafts don't have a lot of incoming freshmen in it yet, because, you know, depending on the depth of your league, he will be one of those guys that goes early, you know, next year, depending on how much, you know, how much time he gets. Of course, with Spiller still there, he, again, he might not see a ton of time, hopefully get some reps. Um, I think it's always good for, for college teams to, you know, share the workload, you know, especially when they got a, a stud like Spiller. It's like, you don't, you don't need to wear him down. Just, you know, make sure he's, he's getting plenty of reps, but also plenty of rest. So guys, but. I'm I'm gonna throw a hard a hard question at you, okay? I hope you're ready for it. Is L.J. Johnson getting the Skip Newton, Jameer Gibbs stamp of approval? I don't know if I love him that much. Um, there was no there was no running back that I got as excited for this year as I did for Gibbs last year um, because I thought Gibbs, you know, acceleration and and lateral movement was just elite, you know, from what I saw in the film last year. But I really like LJ Johnson. Uh, I really like Travion Henderson, of course. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal going to, of course, your Ohio State Buckeyes. And then, you know, we're, we're going off the top of my head here. And so I'm going to see if I can quick find the name. The, the incoming freshman at Michigan, I think I'm a lot higher on Donovan Edwards than a lot of other people, at least that I've heard in the, in the fantasy community, you know, the C to C world that we live in. So those were, were and then of course, Will Shipley at Clemson is, you know, Clemson's always got, you know, good people coming in. So wait, 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 wait till, wait till we get to Clemson in our breakdowns. I got a hot take for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Clemson's (laughs) going to be fun. Clemson is definitely going to be fun. So anyway, you you know, getting, getting back to, to Texas A&M, I'm huge on, on L.J. Johnson, of course, to, to be the man after Spiller leaves. Wide receivers. Now we're going to get to a couple of fun names. And the big one, of course, is your guy from last year, Demon Demas. I've heard he's finally doing some stuff on the field in practice. Where are you at with Demas? Are you still just as much in love with him as you were before, of course, for those of you out there that aren't aware, the next time this kid catches a ball in an actual game will be the first catch in three years for him in a game because he did not play a senior year in high school and he did not get a catch last year in limited you know, game play. So highly touted, physical freak, but we need him on the field. Where are you at with him? I am not dropping Demond Demas. Mostly, <laughs> mostly because I am stubborn. Probably, um, I I love I, I'm still in love with the film I see on Demon Demas. 
He his athletic ability is insane. He can jump through the roof, make these crazy acrobatic sideline grabs. I mean, this kid has all the potential in the world. Situation just didn't work out for him this year. He 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 was he was coming off a year off football. Um, the offense that he played in high school was was a very basic offense. It wasn't one that had a lot of college schemes built into it. So he had a huge learning curve to come in coming off a year of football. And and quite frankly, I don't know what was going on with the coaching staff. I don't know if they just didn't like the kid. Um, they refused to get him on the field. And for for as bad as that team was through the air, I don't know why you don't get him on the field. I mean, <clears throat> Texas A&M ranked ninth in the SEC with 234 yard passing yards per game. I mean, they they were not a good passing a passing team. They 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 just didn't do it very well. I mean, your leading receiver was Anaya Smith, and he's listed as a running back. Your next leading receiver, who we're going to talk about, was a tight end. I mean, you, your leading actual wide receiver on this team only had, I'm trying to make sure that I get it right, um, they only accounted for 784 total yards, and I can't find it exactly right now, but I think your leading receiver only had like 400 yards in the season. So I don't know how you don't get Demond Demas on the field. Um, it looks like they're trying to this year, so hopefully I won't have to tweet free Demas every single Saturday like I was doing last year. I know you saw that. So ho- hopefully we can get away from that and they'll actually play the kid. Yeah, he, he needs to get on there. We need to see it. Um, if, he, if he doesn't start doing it this year, then then it you know all bets are off. But you're right on the passing attack. I mean, the, the other guy I was going to bring up was Aeneas Smith, who, like you said, I mean, he's listed as a wide receiver. He's listed as a running back. We don't really know. I mean, he had 43 carries for 564 yards last year and six touchdowns, but he also caught 49 passes for 293 yards and four scores. So he's kind of that a little bit of do-everything type of guy. I've got him down as a, as a wide receiver mostly because he's just not – he's not big enough to be a, a, a you know, a running back, I don't think. I mean, he's kind of that tweener. I, I, I guess I, I, would, I would prefer that he just – go to wide receiver because I think he's got some of the traits you look for in his ability to cut quickly and create separation. And, and he's got really good ball skills and a natural hands catcher, but yeah, I I just don't know about him, you know, from a Debbie perspective, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to touch him. Um, He reminds me a lot. He's the Demetric Felton of this year's draft class. That guy that, you know, showed some ability between the tackles, was mainly a pass catcher. We don't really know what he is. I mean, I think that's his ceiling. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. And then, you know, to get to – and he led he led the, the team in, in reception yards last year with those 564. So, you know, it goes to show you that, it, you know, he's productive. But, you know, getting down into the, the last group, the tight ends, you know, really the, the only tight ends we talked about, we've got – Jalen Weidermeyer, who was the second leading uh, yardage stat on the team with 506 yards. He had six touchdown receptions, so that tied with Smith. And he was first on the team in receptions with 46. So a great, a great season for Weidermeyer. He is up there with the, you know, the tight end one of that class. I mean, he's, he's amongst the names, right? I mean, him and a, and a few others. I, I, I think... I'm right when I say you're high on Weidermeyer. Um, the other guy to mention, of course, is, is Baylor Cup, who was a very 
highly touted recruit, but hasn't been able to do anything mostly because of injury, but he's still there. So we've got two really good tight ends. You know, I, I think both these guys are potentially Debbie worthy. Where are you at with these guys? Yeah, I love Jalen Watermeyer. I mean, I mean, just great receiver, um, downfield threat, physical, physical, athletic tight end. I mean, you got to love that out of your tight end. He, he's top two for me. I'm not sure where I'm ranking him one or two. I really, really like Alabama's Jaleel Billingsley. And you, you know that. We've talked about him on this pod several times. He's he's my guy at tight end this year. Um, So he might be one, and I think I've got Watermeyer two right now. But, I mean, you can flip-flop both of those guys. Those are your top two tight ends in this draft class. Um, Baylor Cup has just got to stay healthy. I mean, the, the biggest success he can have this season is just not getting injured, not tearing his ACL. Um, I mean, if, if these guys stay healthy, they've got the talent to be – your, your TJ Hawkins and Noah Fant duo at the tight end position in college. Um, but, I mean, you've got to stay healthy. you got to stay on the field to be able to produce at your talent level. I mean, just like we talked about other guys in this pod, you know, you got to stay on the field. I mean, Cup's just got to stay on the field. And he was a guy that I invested a lot in this offseason. I was really, really hoping he would be a thing. And I've gotten burned on that a, a little bit over the offseason or over last season. But I still have hope. I'm holding out hope that, Cup's talent can 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 transcend because I mean he was the number one tight end coming out in his class so he's got the talent level he's just got to put it all together. Yeah, I, I grabbed him in the startup as well just for that reason. Like, okay, you know, tight ends can can develop late. They don't need to necessarily show me anything their their first year, especially you know if there's an injury that that sets them back. So, you know, I, I'm kind of hopeful that in that C to C league he can he can maybe. Get healthy, put something up there this year, and then come back for you know maybe a senior season and, and, and get a couple of years out of him. And maybe he'll turn into a pro, maybe not. Who knows? But I'm, gonna, I'm willing to take the chance. All right, that is it for the SEC West. Next week, we are going to do uh, begin with the SEC East. So we'll get into as many teams as we can do. You know, trying to keep these down to about an hour. So... We're, uh, we're happy to, to pound through these. Of course, after the SEC, we'll go to the next conference. So we're just going to keep doing this series, you know, right up until we, we're we done and we, we can get into, you know, maybe more of the, the 2024 incoming class, just like we did last year. But I think this will be a lot of fun. It's it's great to finally be here. Of course, we are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts. They record every Sunday night, Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. Love the show. Uh, Randall Memphis Young also records a DHH contractor. So if you're interested in joining him on a pod, reach out to him on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. Hopefully when school ends, I'm still, I'm crossing all the fingers I have, Matt. You're, you're looking at me on the thing. I've got as many fingers crossed. You got to cross your toes too. Oh <laughs> man, if my toes were long enough, I'd be cross. I'd cross anything I could get that we could get our man Shaq back at Dynasty Tools on Twitter. Brian, we miss you. We love you. I literally see a, a tweet from you and I get all excited. It's like, oh, it's Brian or, or a text message. It's, it's the best. So hopefully we can get Brian back. I know the, the listeners want him back as well. Matt, where can everybody find you and your work out on Twitter and all the stuff you're doing? So you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. Um, you can find my rankings up on Dynasty Nerds. Um, I write articles and rank with Dynasty Nerds as well as having the Debbie Authority over at the Fantasy Football Authority. We're trying to kick that back up, so we're going to have another pod coming out with them probably this week. So look for that. Um, I have a, had a recent article drop on Dynasty Nerds 
um, giving a one-round mock draft of incoming freshmen this year. So be sure to check that out. Get your next great um, freshman studs coming in. Look, look at the guys that we're talking about. They're going to be the uh, studs of tomorrow. would love you to check that out. Um, as always, always willing to interact with you guys on Twitter, um, at DeviMat. Reach out with any questions or anything that you may have. Awesome. And my name is Skip Newton, at SkipNewton31. I'm also a Debbie team writer covering the ACC for the NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, we are powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. Debbie Dynasty NFL Draft. We've got it all. Things are getting... You know, really exciting as the NFL draft is just 10 days away. I will be joining Matt Hicks on Friday for some podcasting. Um, I'm going to do my best to get on there and defend my guy, Rashad Bateman, as Hicks has constantly had him ranked lower than what I like, and he knows how I feel about it. So I'm bringing my my gopher pride to that podcast. Matt, you got, got anything else for anyone? Yeah, I was just on y'all's website the other day, man. Y'all's website looks real clean. Lots, lots of good stuff. So, you know, if you guys haven't checked out NFL Draft Bible, check that out. There's a ton of awesome mock drafts on there, player profiles. They even got interviews with, with some of the actual players declaring for the draft this year. Really, really sick site. Check that out. Yeah, it, it is fun. Um, we, we are also, we've got our dynasty rankings, and I'm one of the rankers on there. So if anyone wants to check that out, and we're working on Debbie rankings. So we hope to get those out shortly after the draft is over. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sorry, it's been it's been three weeks, but we'll, we're going to get this more regular for you. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Any feedback that you have, we'd love to hear it. Of course, give us the, the five-star rating. I appreciate that and the feedback there as well. For Matt, for Brian, this is Skip. Everyone have a wonderful night and be a good human. 